Father, we thank you this morning that we find shelter under your wings. Father, for those in the house this morning that desperately need that sense of protection, that sense of covering, Holy Spirit, bring that to them this morning. Father, some in the house have been listening too much to negative voices. Negative voices. Lord, help us to be in tune with your voice. Help us to stay in tune, God, with the covering of your love, the covering, God, of your consistency. Father, give us wisdom as to who we should tune out as we tune in better to you. Give us wisdom. Give us boldness. Give us boldness. Give us boldness. You know, what we, what we just saw down here a few moments ago, if you happen to be observing, we saw a group of mostly men gathering around our brother Joe Gonzalez. Mostly men. Men, can I, can I tell you that it's important that we step up? That we step up, that we, we lead, that we protect. That we lead, that we protect. That we're not the last one to come to the altar and worship. But this morning we want to lift up our brother Joe Gonzalez and where's my brother at? Is he still in the house? He's gone in the other room. Listen, is, is he back there? He's right there. Is that Joe, come forward if you would, buddy. We love you. And Joe uh, received the diagnosis this week that we're not going to accept. We're not going to accept it. We aren't. That's what the medical people said. But Joe, we, we, we know that we know that we know. That the great physician has already started working in your body. You are going to be one more miracle in this house. This is one of the sweetest disposition men that I know. He's sweet. He's sweet. And church, he needs our prayers. But we're we're just praying that that God in his divine timing gives us the date of the testimony of a free, of a body free of cancer in Jesus' name. It's going to happen. And church, what we saw earlier with, with quite a few men, mostly men, gathering on our brother, this is what we need to see, men. We, we can't be ashamed to tear up. We can't be ashamed to reach out. We can't be ashamed, men, to, to be vulnerable. There's strength in tears. There's strength in tears. God can work with a sensitive and tender heart. So, Joe, this church loves you. And you're not alone. You're not alone. You're not alone. And I can't wait until we stand on that platform and you hold in your hand some folder from some doctor from some hospital that says, we don't know what happened, but it's gone. Amen? 
church, would you extend your hand toward our brother? Guys, gather around in Jesus' name. Woo. Father God, in a similar fashion to the way you brought a complete healing to Joe's brother, Pablo. Father, we're counting in a similar fashion. You can work different. You can do it differently. But Father, the end result is going to be the same. He will be free of cancer in Jesus' name. He will be a living testimony of the healing touch of the Master. Father, we come against fear. We come against worry. We come against depression. And Father, we just claim in Jesus' name that this man of God will continue to be raised up. That he will be raised up in health and wholeness for your glory's sake. For your glory's sake. That he can be a living testimony of your healing touch. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. there's someone watching online right now that's being healed of lung cancer. I don't know if you're in the States. I don't know if you're somewhere else around the world. But you're being healed of lung cancer right now in Jesus' name. I don't know if you're male. I don't know if you're female. But there's a healing touch upon your body right now in Jesus' name. Somebody watching online and I can't wait to hear who you are. God's going to get the glory in that. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Woo. Woo. You think you feel them in the house, you should feel them right down here. It's, it's a little thick down here right now. You got something? Yes. Uh, those in... Oh. In 2010, I was diagnosed with cancer my right kidney a right renal neoplasm and those of you that heard my testimony before you know power is in the telling they told me they said John we diagnosed a a a right renal neoplasm in your right kidney and I don't want to get into the whole story how they found it but that's a whole story in its own they found it by accident but nothing's by accident I was having no problems with my kidney no problem at all and I went into the emergency room and I had some tests run and some x-rays taken to find out why my blood pressure, but I'm going to tell you the story anyhow, why my blood pressure was going through the roof. They couldn't figure out why. They took x-rays and tests and they found a spot alongside my kidney. When that diagnosis was given, my blood pressure started coming back down. Okay, The Lord will open up and show things like that and we all know that. Well, I went to Cleveland, had tests done and they said, John, you have to have kidney surgery and part of your kidney removed and they said it is a malignant renal neoplasm of your right kidney and I said doc I says I know you got to tell me but I ain't accepting it because I because I've been there before okay I had cancer to head and neck had stage three cancer 18 years ago they didn't give me they didn't give me a, a good odds at that they said you know prognosis you know you'll you'll go but who knows how long long story short and you guys folks know me I I tend to go on. But 
back to the kidney. They did the surgery, removed part of my kidney. They went down and told my family. It should have been cancer. It looked like cancer. It felt like cancer. Everything about that tumor was cancer. But there wasn't a cancerous cell in that tumor. Okay? What you got to do, what you got to do, you got to use your faith. When I got that diagnosis, faith without works is dead. And everybody takes that in a different perspective. When I came home with that diagnosis, you could ask my wife. I opened every door in my house, and I took a broom, and I swept the cancer out of my house. I swept it out. I said, you are not going to have a hold on me. You are not getting into this body. And I said, devil, furthermore, no one in my family is ever going to touch the seed of cancer in their life again. I took it. I received what I had years ago. But no one in my family will ever see it again. And I believe that in the name of Jesus. As I'm believing for Joe in the name of Jesus. Thank you. There's another gentleman here, Joe Collar. Joe, step out in the aisle, brother. I had him come down and pray for Joe. This church prayed for this man. This man right here, he was dead. They said he was a goner. They said he would not live. And there he is, right there. I had him come down and pray for Joe. There is no diagnosis but the Lord. Folks, uh, we are a church that is praying for signs and miracles and wonders. And we are seeing them in our midst. We are. If I can have the house lights up a little bit, please. If you are dealing with a cancer diagnosis right now, would you raise your hand? That they're telling you that cancer is a part of, of what you're dealing with. Um, Elder Bill Friedel, Elder John, you're over there. We, raise your hand if you're dealing with anything to deal with cancer. We're just going to pray you're cancer free. How many years? Four years. Bless the Lord. I know many of you could raise your hand and say that you're cancer free. But we're going to pray for folks right now. Raise your hand this morning. Raise your hand. We want people around you to lay a hand on you. Look around the room, folks. If you see somebody nearby, this is important stuff. This is important stuff. We are believing for signs and miracles and wonders. So make sure, look around. If somebody has their hand up, don't be bashful. We are a church that believes in signs and miracles and wonders. There is faith in the house this morning. Sometimes God does an instantaneous work. Sometimes God does a progressive work. But God is bigger than cancer. Yes, he is. Anyone else that has their hand up that needs prayed for, make sure everyone's got somebody praying for them. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Pray hard, folks. If you're laying hands on somebody, pray as if they were your mom or your dad or your grandpa or your grandpa. Pray as if they were your son or your daughter. They are counting on their church for prayer this morning. They need our love. They need our support. They need our prayer. We are a church that believes in signs and miracles and wonders. We're not bashful. Father, we come against fear in these households. We come against worry in these households. And Father, we know that you're bigger than cancer. 
Father, we pray you would shrink those cancer cells and allow them to be gone in Jesus' name. Baffle the medical community. Baffle them, God. Let them not have an answer. Let them be baffled, oh God. Allow your light to shine through these lives as you bring a healing touch into their lives, oh God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, let let them never feel alone. Encourage them, God, in the dark of the night. Encourage their family in the dark of the night. When there's worry, when there's fear, we come against it and pray for life to come in. In Jesus' name. Life. Life. And life more abundantly in Jesus' name. Father, they are not alone. May Holy Spirit bring comfort. They are not alone. May their faith grow deeper. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, signs and miracles and wonders. Signs and miracles and wonders, God. Signs and miracles and wonders. This is a house that will be cancer-free. Signs and miracles and wonders. Many of you are aware of the Tringhizi family that has been dealing with cancer of their little girl, Hannah. And uh, Sarah has a, a testimony this church needs to hear. Thank you. Um, first of all, thank you so much for praying for us this past year. When, when Hannah was diagnosed in March of last year, I just remember sitting in that bed in the hospital with her. And I just prayed one simple prayer, and I said, Lord, just save my baby. And he said, oh, I will, but you're going to go public. And oh, have we. (laughs) I just wanted to tell you that when she was diagnosed, they said that it would never shrink, that they would just try to do their best to prevent the tumor in her brain from reaching her other eye because it already took the vision in her right eye. But we had a scan this past week. And they can't explain it, but all of the cancerous cells are dead inside that tumor. That is so good. We just want to encourage you because we know what it's like to come to church week after week or just to sit in your room and feel like you're at the end of your rope. We know what that's like. But just hang on. Just hang on a little bit longer because he is still doing miracles. He's still doing them. So they said that Hannah will never be able to smell again or that the tumor itself will never disappear or that her sight won't come back. But I am telling you, I know it will. And my baby will see again and she will smell again. And she's praising him right over in that next room right now. She's got great faith. So thank you for praying and standing with us. We love you. Hallelujah! 
Uh, I just going to make this short. But, you know, in the winter, I wasn't coming to church. And I've been in and out of the hospital. And, one, and I never, I called somebody in the office and talked to her, but I didn't call the church, the rest of the church. And one day, I got up here in the morning on Sunday, and I was, I was watching one of those DVDs from church, and the pastor's wife, she said that was a word from the Lord. And he jumped in front of her, and he said that he knew there was somebody dealing with cancer. And he prayed, and when he prayed, I started dancing in the spirit in my living room with my robe, my coffee in my hand and everything, but I didn't spill it. But I prayed with him, and I believed. And guess what? Two, three days, that was on Sunday. On Tuesday, I had to be in the hospital at 7 o'clock in the morning because they wanted to, they had already instructed me about my, my treatment. They said, you are not going to have no hair, and this is going to happen. And I started crying. But I said, why am I crying? There is God, you know? And then on Monday, I prayed all day, and I thanked the Lord. And on Tuesday morning, I went for that test. They brought some people from Cincinnati to St. Elizabeth to give me my last test because I wouldn't accept it. And I told them, do you believe in God? They said, sure we do. I said, I don't have nothing. Nothing wrong with me. I said, oh, yes, you do. I said, oh, no. I said, you said you believe in God, right? And then I told him, I told them what happened. They went through the test, and about a week later, I went back to the hospital, and there were those three doctors in front of me going like this. And I said, I said, say something, speak. What do you what you gonna tell me? I know I don't have cancer. What else are you gonna tell me? He said, You don't have cancer. I knew that. one of the most beautiful smiles ever. Hollywood, baby, Hollywood. But tell us the reason you smile so much. I smile because the joy of the Lord is my strength. <laughs> and, I, and I praise God and give him thanks for all the multitude of blessings. I want to say that when Hannah's mother came up here and gave the testimony about the miraculous deliverance of Hannah, Tuesday night at intercessory prayer. I don't see Dominic, but I'm sure he's here somewhere. He's over there. Yeah, he's over there. Where? Dominic. 
Dominic's over there raising his hand. Dominic, Dominic's my son. All during prayer, he walked around with Hannah's picture in his hand. All during the prayer. And when Hannah's mother came up and said about the miracle, I just had to let it be known that the prayers of the righteous availeth much. Amen. Yeah, yeah. If one member of the body suffers, yes. the whole body suffers. Many members, but one body. We pray one for another that we may be healed. And I just wanted to acknowledge Dominic, my son. Dominic is really, I have no biological children, but I've been rebuked by my, uh, Dolly many times. I have children everywhere of all denominations. God has blessed me with children, and I thank God for my children, and I thank God for how we pray one for another that we may pray, that we may be healed. If one member of the body suffers, the whole body suffers. If your toe hurts, your whole body lets you know that that little toe hurts. So we are to pray for each other constantly. We may not, we may not know each other by name, but God knows. Pray ye one for another that ye may be healed. Wasn't it Pastor Rita that delivered the word last week and said there's a new model for our church? The foundation's the same. It's been built on prayer. But there's a new model. When you come to church at Victory Christian Center at this campus... You never know what God's going to do. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? Will you, will you pray with me every time you're driving to church on Sunday? And say, Lord, don't, don't say, Lord, let it, the worship be great and the sermon to be okay. What you say is, Lord, have your way. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. You know, when Holy Spirit's involved in a situation, sometimes it gets a little messy. It gets messy sometimes. It's unpredictable. Sometimes when you hand somebody your microphone, you never know what's going to come out of their mouth. And so that's the reason a lot of pastors and church leadership do not allow Holy Spirit to have his way right there. That's the reason. When you're afraid of the mess, then you don't allow for Holy Spirit to move. We don't want to be afraid of mess. We want what Holy Spirit wants. Amen? Amen. Bless the Lord. Isn't he good? He's not done. Getting a couple downloads right now. Just give me a second. These moments make some of you nervous. Can I tell you, it excites me. Some of you are refusing to give me eye contact. That tells me there's sin in your life. Now all of you are looking at me.
Yeah. Brother Al. Brother Al, you got something, my friend? You got something. This is Brother Al. Praise God. I don't know where to start because there'll never be an end. Well, we've got lunch plans, dude, okay? But we'll say this. At the other church, we were going there in a morning service. And Pastor Dave says that there's a lot of needs right now today. And he says, we're going to sing this song. And we sing this song. I want you to come forward if you have a need. The song started, and Pastor Dave come and knelt down by me. And he says, you have a need in your life. At that time, he didn't know the next day I was going for melanoma cancer. That's one of the deadliest cancers there is. And he says, you need a need. He says, I saw a picture of your vision of you in my eyesight and woke up in the middle of the night praying for you. I went and I had a biopsy on that prior to this. It was malignant. When I went to the hospital and they took it out to test it again, it was not malignant. I had melanoma cancer three other times and God healed me every time. And I just come through a battle of prostate cancer. And I ended up with a count of 0.1. And God did it all. Bless the Lord. There's many other times I had cancer. I had, but God has never failed me. Mm. And I'll tell you what, it's a, it's a beautiful thing to have God on your side. And I'm going to thank you, Pastor, for last week. When you come and knelt down by me, you don't know what that meant to me. You don't know. It meant more to me than anything could ever be in my life. When you put yourself next to me and cried out, I'm, I'm battling a situation right now with my wife, but I know God's going to heal her. It's going to heal her totally, totally. And I just say this, keep your faith up because God never shuts down. Thank you. We're going to switch up the order of service. I'm going to make a few comments about communion, and then we're going to go in communion. So uh, is that okay, church? We'll do all that other stuff after. Does that sound like a plan? (sighs) Father, these next few moments as we concentrate on what you did on the cross of Calvary. As we celebrate and gather around the Lord's Supper table, use these moments in Jesus' name. First Corinthians chapter 11 and team, I'm just going to ask that you wait back there for a few moments if you would. First Corinthians chapter 11 verses 23 through 26. For I have received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. And you'll see this on the screen. The Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, 
which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this, and whenever you drink it, in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. You proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. You know, the sacrifice that Jesus did on the cross of Calvary is something that most of us in this room are aware of. Most of us in this room have embraced. And you recognize that when the shed blood of Calvary flowed, it covered every sin, past, present, and future for you and for me. That's one of the reasons we celebrate around the Lord's Supper table, where the Lord knows that as humans... The Lord knows that, that we get too busy sometimes, that we have too many distractions. So, so in Scripture, when he commanded that we are to gather around and remember, he knew that you and I needed prompting to pause and to remember what he did on the cross of Calvary. Sometimes we take one another for granted. Sometimes we take our Lord for granted. This is serious business. When you walk into this room and you see the communion elements up front, yes, it's a time to celebrate, but it's also very much a time to reflect. To reflect upon his goodness. To reflect upon what he's done for you. To anticipate what he's going to continue to do in your life and mine. And we have this expectation that whatever God's done in the past, that's wonderful and good, but he's got so much more for us. So much more for us. So much more for us. So we anticipate what He's going to do for us. And we believe that He's going to continue to work in our lives. That He will do a new thing. A fresh thing in your life and mine. That's part of the reason we gather around the Lord's Supper table. That word communion. We do it together. Can you take communion by yourself? Certainly. But when you do it together and you testify of God's goodness, when you do it together and you celebrate what he's done for you, when you do it together and we have testimonies of his healing, is your faith not increased today because of what we've already heard this morning? Mine is. So whatever you're facing this morning, please know God can and will move in your life. He really will. Romans 5.8 says this, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, he died for you and for me. See, we didn't have to earn our salvation. We didn't have to get to a place where, wow, you know, now I'm good enough, God. Unfortunately, some of us in the room still have that mentality. You have a hard time approaching the throne because you're not good enough. Can I tell you a little secret? None of us are. None of us are. So it's important for us to reflect on what God has done in our lives and our personal need for a release and a spiritual growth. Christ offers us a release of any kind of hindrance. John 8, 36 says this, So if the Son sets you free, you will be what? You will be free indeed. If the Son sets you free, you what? You will be free indeed. He offers us all that freedom. He allows us to live life abundantly. John 10.10 The thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. See, unfortunately some of us in the room have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. But you've not really been living the abundant Christian life. 
You have your like ticket out of hell and ticket into hell and you think that's good. And you haven't learned how to live and live abundantly. John 10.10 is an amazing scripture. But please realize the first part of that. It says the thief has come to kill, steal, and destroy. Why are we shocked when there's friction in your household? Why are we shocked when there's discouragement in your soul? He's come to do that, you know. The enemy of our soul does not want to see you succeed in your marriage. Does not want to see you succeed financially. The enemy of our soul does not want to see this church go to another level. The enemy of our soul wants to discourage, to kill, to destroy you and me and everything that God touches. He's come to give us life and life more abundantly. You know, sometimes we struggle with our understanding of the word. Sometimes you read a word in scripture and and it doesn't make sense or maybe there's something you don't agree with. And I heard this quote once. It said this. It says, God will never violate his word. Can I get an amen? All right. You all agree with that so far? Here's the second part of the quote. He says this. But he doesn't mind violating our understanding of his word. Isn't that good? See, sometimes what you think is true is not accurate. What you think is right is not true. I look back after serving the Lord over 35 years and a few things I thought were true 35 years ago, I've come to find out my understanding was a little skewed up. It was a little askew. It wasn't accurate. And God messed me up sometimes. I've had arguments with the Lord about theology. See, he never violates his word, but he will violate our understanding of his word. You know, one of the things we have to watch, and I'm going to probably conclude. Notice what, as a preacher says, probably, that gives me license to not necessarily stick to that. When we sit around the Lord's Supper table, and we take an inventory of where we're at with the Lord. See, that's really what it's about. We pause, we reflect, we take our time. And if you find that your faith has been straying, you've been sort of going off kilter, you're hitting the guardrail a little more than you usually do, you're not always straight and narrow down the center, that you've been straying in your faith, take note of that. Don't beat yourself up. Just say, Lord, forgive me. I've been wrong. Father, help me to get back on the straight and narrow. He loves you and he loves me enough to do that. He wants you to make it. He wants me to succeed. He wants all of us to have the victory. He wants you to make it. You know, straying from God's will for a Christian often produces inner conflict. Some of you have been dealing with depression, and it's not because of a biological reason. When you constantly have inner conflict because your own behavior, listen, your own behavior, your own choices, your own thinking pattern goes contrary to the word of God that you know to be true, you're going to have inner conflict. You're going to be stuck. You're going to be stained. You're going to have challenge. Oftentimes that constant inner conflict. And by that I mean you know what's right, you know what's good, you know the way to live, you know scriptural principles. However, you're choosing, say the word choosing. 
You're choosing to ignore God's word. When you do that, when I do that, there's inner conflict. And when you have enough inner conflict, that can lead to depression. And then when you're depressed, you see everything through glasses that are dark. And then the cycle of guilt and shame kicks in. Can I tell you, that's the lie in the pit of the enemy. See, again, we talked about John 10.10. He wants to come and kill and destroy you and discourage you. And that's one of the ways that he does it. He doesn't want you to see that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. He wants you to feel like it's never going to get better. Can I tell you, during communion, during when we gather around the Lord's Supper table, we purposely take our time. We purposely say, Lord, if there's anything in me, Lord, if there's anything, if, if God, I've, I've, I've been thinking wrong, if I've been judging others, if I have unforgiveness in my heart, Lord, whatever it might be, if there be anything in me, Father, make it right. Make it right. Help that inner peace to be restored. Help that inner peace to to grow within me. I want to be a light to the world around me. It's very difficult to do that when you're walking around with basically self-imposed depression. When you're making decisions and choosing to behave in a way that's contrary to what you know to be true, it often causes inner conflict. Last scripture for right now, Galatians 5 says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy. Take an inventory when I'm reading these. The fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness, self-control. And against such things there is no law. Now, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And if we live by the Spirit, we must also walk by the Spirit. And if you've been disappointed in yourself, if you've let yourself down, if you've not lived up to the standard in which you've tried to live, then you've believed too much in yourself. You've believed too much in your own flesh. When you're disappointed in yourself, you've set yourself up for failure. Galatians 5 talks about walking in the Spirit. The way to walk in the Spirit is to live in the Spirit, to embrace the Spirit, to pray, to read the Word, to attend church. Some of you that only show up once every few weeks or once every couple of months, you're missing out. We need one another. What did our dear sister say? We're all part of the body. When I got a little bad toe going on, it affects everything. I get grumpy. Anybody else get grumpy when you have a bad toe? We want every toe to be healthy in the room. We want every kneecap to be healthy. We want you to be able to live by the fruit of the Spirit. Those are some of the results of straying. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. I'm going to ask those that are helping us to serve to please come forward. Romans 8, 1 says this. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus... Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. <laughs> See, even the, the, the Corinthian church, Paul called saints. Even though they were fleshy, Paul called them saints. See, some of you think that you can lose your salvation 14 times a day. 
that you have the victory in the morning, and by noon you don't have the victory because you did something bad or said something wrong or thought a bad thought, and that's not how our God works. Do you, do you, do you pull back your love from your children because they make a mistake? There is no condemnation. Don't live in that, church. That's a lie from the pit. That's the enemy of our soul wanting to keep us back. That's the enemy of our soul not wanting us to have the victory. Around here, we we practice open communion, which simply means this. We don't care what church membership you have. We just want you to be a part of the body of Christ. This is something the body of Christ does. Someone who believes in and embraces the spirit of a living God who has accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. I'm going to ask that our team go ahead and serve. And as they do, we also have gluten-free. If you need gluten-free, please raise your hand. We are prepared for that as well. There's some in the house that that need that. Keep your hand up if you need gluten-free. But this morning, we want to take our time with this. This morning, we want to pause and reflect and think about what God has done in our lives. If you're in this house and you've never accepted the Lord Jesus Christ and said, Father, forgive me of my sins. Father, I've sinned against you. His blood will cover every sin. All you have to say is, Father, forgive me for I have sinned. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Make me a new man. Make me a new woman. And you will be. We want you to celebrate this communion with us. If you would, please hold on to your elements and we will partake together. Hold on to your elements. I hear the Savior say